Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga, with player picks as fiery as Christopher Nkunku's form and temper, fantasy advice as shocking as a Frankfurt win in Munich, and two pundits separated by just 43 points in the overall standings. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Thorogood. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 5, Match Day 8, and joining me, as always, he is the fantasy Fußball god himself, Flo Reinecker. Flo, how are you doing, my friend? I'm fine. I actually had a week off. Oh, lovely. And uh, yeah, a weekend off, which is really rare. And yeah, I enjoyed it immensely. So it's school holiday in Germany right now. So we, we're doing a lot of family stuff. And yeah, great. Great to have um, the time to do it. And like tomorrow I will be diving into the Bundesliga <laughs> pick up working but for now I'm like I, I had a week to charge the batteries and that's always a good thing Oh, I can completely relate to that. Uh, I only got back from Mallorca myself the other day and it was very nice to recharge those batteries and come back with a bit of a fresh perspective. And even, even when it comes down to my fantasy activity as well, because I have to say the last international break and the, the unlimited transfers and the, the match days that followed, they didn't treat me as kindly as the beginning of the season. So I need to, to bounce back a little bit because I've got flow breathing down my neck now. <laughs> That's how it should be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and did you um, meet many lovely uh, Germans while you were on Mallorca? I mean, it's a bit of a fight for that island, isn't it, between <laughs> you guys and us? Well, that's just a little bit. And I mean, it's one of those, right? Because it was the first trip that Michelle and I took with our little little girl. And she technically only has a German passport right now. So it was only appropriate that her first trip should be to Mallorca, I think, because she fitted straight in. But yeah. luckily, everything went smoothly. And in fairness, I'd actually say there were more Dutch voices I heard than English or German but that might just be a growing trend who knows yeah um, and uh, did you visit the Balaman I didn't no nah. James. <laughs> is, that, is that like is that a must do whilst on Mallorca? Is it? <laughs> no it's like it's an infamous uh, party location where like every German Kiga club uh, has to go <laughs> okay. by law by really? law okay. they are yeah one time a year. Fair enough, fair enough. No, that wasn't quite our scene. Our scene was a little bit more beach and, uh, and good food, to be yeah. honest. I, I'm just jealous, James. <laughs> That's all. It was, it was nice, and that was it. I mean, it was, I, I got away from football. I stopped really paying attention to what was going on. And to be honest, I only found out that the Nation League final happened today when I got back to Munich, and I kind of was looking through some headlines, and I went, oh, I didn't even realize that happened. So it was a nice change of pace, uh, but I am ready to get my teeth stuck back into the Bundesliga, as you are, and so I hope the listeners are as well, because we might as well do that by talking over some Bundesliga fantasy decisions. Uh, and let's be honest, we've got unlimited transfers again. It's one of the beauties of these international breaks. But there's plenty of headaches, I think it's fair to say, to consider ahead of match day eight. And we do have some listener questions. So let's dive straight in with one from at Schick underscore happens. He says, with the best clubs facing tough defenses in match day eight, are you planning on having more differential players in your fantasy team? So where are you at with this flow? I mean, in, in regards to Leverkusen, I uh, totally agree. I'm not planning on having a Leverkusen player facing Bayern. I'm not sure like it, if the Leverkusen matchup is enough to scare me away from Bayern itself because like, even they lost against Frankfurt, but they still produced, I think, over 20 shots on goal uh, in that match. And like... This baseline, what Bayern gets you, you can look for other teams who have 
better matchups. But in the end, if you look at shot production, like it's it's tough to outproduce Bayern. And I think they they will want to make a statement at Leverkusen. Not sure that they're able to do that, but I'm not planning to leave Lewandowski out of Moskwa. But it could be that the, the bus stops there, but that's more in regards of Kimmich is expensive and Davis is expensive, and I'm not sure Like I need to spend up there. And, of course, Dortmund is facing Mainz, and that's the best defense in the league right now, so that's probably where you're aiming at. But, I mean, they they lost Sanchez. He's injured. He, he's a pretty important player for them because he's really, really fast. And that could be a problem if he's not in the starting lineup. Um, and he won't because he's injured. So I'm not afraid of going to Dortmund. Um, I think you have premium assets uh, at Frankfurt that are uh, worth a look. And Leipzig is playing at Freiburg. And I'm not like... I'm not afraid of that matchup as well because it was the last time Freiburg played in their old stadium and now they, they have a first game in the new stadium. And I, I actually think that might be an advantage for Leipzig because Freiburg's the, the Freiburg stadium was one of these older grounds where you like it's not the feeling that it's it's more it's more a, a, a down to earth kind of experience if you go there. And I think now it's like a high-class stadium, state-of-the-art with everything. And um, I think that might actually be uh, a plus. And uh, I mean, for Freiburg, it's it's almost as new as for Leipzig playing in, in, in that ground. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think they had one game there to kind of uh, break it in. But um, so I'm not afraid to go to Leipzig. Uh, I think the the only top club for me that I uh, won't have um, on basis of the matchup is Leverkusen. Yeah. So, uh, but that's it. So I, I think you still have a lot of high quality options. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with you. With the premium teams, you've still got some premium assets that are definitely worth having. I mean, would I say I'm having or oh, planning on having more differential players in my squad for match day eight than I had for match day seven? Probably. I mean, there are three there are three good markets. Flo mentioned one of them in Frankfurt. I think Gladbach could be a good differential market as well over the next four match days. I think Hoffenheim have the potential as well, although they do have the tricky bogey fixture away from home against Bayern on match day nine. And then the other team I'm looking at, but admittedly I'm looking at from match day nine onwards because I don't like the, the matchup against Dortmund, is, is Mainz because they've got Augsburg, Bielefeld and Gladbach after that. I do think there are some nice differentials in their back line. I think even their goalkeeper, Robin Zentner, you could argue he's a massive differential as well right now. So I, I think I am definitely looking at, at more differentials, mainly because... There are some Leverkusen players that I'd like to have in my squad, but it doesn't make sense for this weekend um, and may not even make sense fully for the next four match days. I think someone like Florian Witz, who we'll surely talk about later, might be fixture-proof. But it's going to be interesting to see how my draft turns out. I know you're, you're a late drafter. Uh, I, I did um, one. I've already, I've already done yeah. one, but I need to make changes already because of Guerrero and Haaland. So. I, I did one as well. <laughs> oh, So before good. we recorded, I'm, I'm, I made a draft just to, to see how the salary works works out yeah i i i still have 6.6 million in the bank so i i can spend up on 
one or two players if I want to. Well, let's talk about some of those players because it factors in nicely to our next question from at Gavin underscore Doyle underscore IE. He says, with so many attractive but expensive midfield options available, he mentions Kimmich, Nkunku, Kostic, Wirtz, Hoffman, Stindl. He says, where else are the bargains that enable us to afford so many big hitters? And is this is this the benefit? Guerrero's out for Dortmund. There's a big question mark next to the name of Erling Haaland. Does that make it easier then to invest heavily in midfield? Or do we need other other enablers as well. I'm I'm now on your train spent down at defense and pay up up front or in the midfield. I I don't think there are a lot of real interesting bargain midfielders on the market. I think Florian Kainz is he, like he's almost as low as I would go as a midfield option. I'm I'm, I'm not sure like uh, you can make an argument for Huck from Bielefeld. Uh, he's around 5 million and, and they're playing at Augsburg. So I, I think he's a decent option if you want, like, if you want to go the Augsburg route. Uh, Hahn is 8 million, probably playing as a striker. He's a midfielder in the game. But like, you're not, you, if you pay 8 million for Hahn, like for 11 million, you get like quality <laughs> midfielders like a Baumgartner or like uh, actually someone who can do something else and just run quick in a straight line. Which is Hans' signature move, <laughs> and uh, so uh, yeah, um, I'm I'm not looking for great value midfielders. I'd rather spend out there, and and I think they're like the cheap defender market is like um, there are a lot of uh, options there. Yeah, could, couldn't agree more. And I know we're going to talk a lot about them, so we won't mention too many names right now. Instead, I'll ask the second part of Gavin's question. He says, with four standalone fixtures coming up, how many Gladbach assets should we own, Flo? I mentioned them as one of these differential teams, but this is one of the reasons these four standalone fixtures are a big bonus. Yeah, um, at least two. I think I'll have at least two. and maximum would be <laughs> okay. five. That's a big jump. Uh, yeah, I yeah, think. Fair. Really, really. Why not? Like, there are ch- two cheap Gladbach defenders you can go, go to. True. With Nets and um, with Scully, of course. And then you've got Hofmann and Stindl in midfield. And you've got Mbolo up front. So these five players are uh, all viable and with the way everything shakes up, like I wouldn't hate it to at least double up and get four club of players in. I, I think it's not like it's it's definitely um, something I, I think I think about with with their uh, matchups now at home against Stuttgart, then traveling to Hertha, then at home against Bochum, then traveling to Mainz. These are the four fixtures from now on until the next international break. And, and, and I just think that's like, if, if there are not injuries, except for Nets, who might lose his starting place once Benzabaini is back, all the other guys, you couldn't probably just have in your squad for four games. And that's definitely a good thing. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And well, actually, on the note of defenders then, because you're right, that, that is a market I think you can save a lot of money in. And I think there are almost too many viable options down there. Um, but we've got two questions from two listeners. At Korosh for you, he says, I'm having a defender selection problem. Who are your top three picks for this week only? And Ashwin uh, Durakar says, really struggling to find good defenders below 10 million, apart from Scali and Gieselman. So any differentials you guys are looking at? So uh, how about you start with Korosh's? Who's your top three for 
over this match day flow. So Angelino, 14.1 million. He's the only defender I'm probably going to spend up to get to him. Um, with Leipzig playing in the three-man backline again, Angelino's value definitely skyrocketed. And uh, I, I think he's like he's certain to start. Um, uh, I, I think it's a good idea to pay up for Angelino. And then it actually, like, if I'm... And always if I pick players, it's always in consideration of their price tag because mm. uh, you can't separate that. That's just the way that, that uh, fantasy works. And Scully for me with 2.5 is a must-have asset. I, I, I think you don't think twice about it. I'm not sure, like, is, is there some travel issues with him? So should we be concerned? I'm, I'm I'm sure if he was traveling with uh, with a national team. Admittedly, not that I'm aware of, what but as he? I pointed out earlier, I was pretty unaware of what was going on during the international break. So I'm 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 actually going to check that while we while we record. But um, if we don't get any word that maybe he needs a rest because he just like is coming back from the states, uh, pretty close to a kickoff, I, I wouldn't mind. Like, I, I think Scully is a must-have. And Nets on the other side. Now we got word that Benzabaini is out for $5 million, I think is actually really, really good value. And these would be my three picks. Another interesting player is under $10 million. Um, mentioned Scully on Nets already. We got Gamboa of Bochum, $3.4 million. He was injured, played the first two match days. Actually, I think he gave an assist in the first Bochum game. So he, he's definitely someone who... It's going down the right flank. Uh, I think he's an interesting option with Bochum playing at Fürth. Benno Schmitz playing on a Friday evening for Cologne, always crossing a lot. Five million is his price tag. World Cup winner Eric Durm, 7.8 million. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's back in the game, folks. He's expected to be in the starting lineup against Hertha. Um, I think he's a very decent choice. And Nico Schulz, uh, he, he'll probably replace Rafael Guerrero. Like his skill set is different, which <laughs> that's means a, that's like, a nice way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very different. Uh, but I mean, he costs you 5.8 million left back for Dortmund. Uh, why not? Um, I think these would be. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I think it's a, it's a quite complete list of players under t uh, defenders under 10 million. I, I look at. Well, this is it. I mean, I, as I mentioned, I would maybe throw in someone like Lukoki from Mainz, but not for this weekend. Yes, those are the types of same players with Frimpong. Frimpong is also a good true. good good choice, but not yeah. this weekend. Um, otherwise, I think you've given yeah you've given a nice little list there of players that can be considered. Uh, there was a time I you know my first draft during unlimited transfers did have Danny De Costa in it, but it does look like Eric Durham's getting the nod at uh, right wing back or right midfielder he missed uh, almost for Frankfurt so that's one to keep an eye on um, but if he is in that starting lineup Eric Dunn would be a great choice of 7.8 million okay let's move a little further back we just talked about defenders and when unlimited transfers comes up we normally touch on this topic because it is important to do when you have this chance to kind of reset at the back and it is about, of course about goalkeepers we've got two questions from two listeners at John underscore slow underscore he says thoughts on the one versus two goalkeeper strategy if one who and if two who else um, and the other question is from our good friend at Ignatius Brian L1 he is asking also for the best set and forget keeper so how are you feeling about the goalkeeping situation flow right now You're definitely taking two goalkeepers because um, we got the first goalkeeper change 
uh, in the league with uh, Borchardt being replaced uh, or third uh, with Marius Funk and he's 1.3 million. So the maximum you could save by not picking Funk is 300,000 and like, come on, that's not worth it. You get Funk in your squad, although you can, what you can do is pick Funk and no, no other goalkeeper. So um, that would be the way you play with just one goalkeeper. I'm not <laughs> sure like you have to do that with all the value uh, we got. But that's if you're picking one goalkeeper, I, I would make it Funk. Because um, if you do like if you pick another goalkeeper, you automatically pick Funk as your second goalkeeper. Yeah. Um. I, I think that's the given. So it's either Funk and a one million guy. I, I don't think it's necessary. Take the advantage of, of two goalkeepers for that yeah. for that price difference. I, I think it's worth it. And a shout out to uh, of official DNL on on Twitter. They did a table where you can see the um, the fixture times and how many like standalone fixtures they have. The goalkeeper pairings and yeah. uh, Funk and Gikiewicz of Augsburg. They have like. On all ki uh, match days from now until the next international break, they have different kickoff times. And that's the only pairing with Funk that has four different kickoff times. So um, I, I definitely uh, pick Funk and Kikiewicz and feel pretty good about it. But, I mean, that, that's the beauty of this Funk situation is that even if he does drop back out of the foot starting lineup, then as long as you pick someone like Kikiewicz alongside him, then Kikiewicz becomes your set and forget keeper. And, you know, again, we've only got four match days until the next international break. And therefore you can maybe course correct again if needs be. And so that is it. But I think, I mean, official DNL also did some incredible research into the goalkeeping situation. Situation. I think if I'm not mistaken, I read the tweets at one point, but that's led them to picking Mark Flecken in the last international break for the last unlimited transfers. And that was a, an incredible pick through the last uh, set of match days. And so if you can get on a bandwagon like that again, um, it's definitely worth it. But the Gikovic Funk option looks really good. I mean, Horn Riemann was another one that I looked at in terms of having four different fixtures, but I think we worked it out. By doing Funk and Gikovic compared to Horn and Riemann, you're saving three million. Now, is that incredibly necessary when Erling Haaland and Guerrero are off the market? Maybe not, but that can still be three million that adds value elsewhere to your squad, especially in that midfield bracket, which we talked about being so important. So hopefully that helps with your goalkeeping decisions. Yeah. In regards to Mark Flecken, because the best set and forget keeper, I wanted to say is, for me, is Mark Flecken. Yeah. And it's funny because I didn't see the official DNL stats in regards to goalkeepers, but I looked into it and I had, like, I won the goalkeeper if I choose. Like, I, I usually don't, like, I don't think about goalkeepers a lot in fantasy. <laughs> yeah. um, but if I would choose, I, I'd pick a goalkeeper where the club still gets shots on goal. But not many goals. Yeah. So they force the opponents to take bad shots. That will be my my the goalkeeper I would want. And Freiburg conceded 91 shots on goal, but they conceded only five goals. So they have that like on average the opponent needs the most shots to score against Freiburg from any uh, Bundesliga team. So they they almost got 20 shots on goal for every goal they concede. Um, that's like that's a great stat if you got the goalkeeper of that. Of course, 
like some of that is variance. So it's not like this is predicting how it's going to be in the future, but at least it's giving us a trend. And so Flacken would be uh, my first choice. Problem with him is like, he has just one, like uh, three, um, three on three match days until the next international break, he will have the same kickoff time as Funk. And so he's out of the race for my goalkeeper spot, uh, for sure. Okay, so, I mean, yeah, that was the question. I mean, yeah, would you rather have the one, the lack of flexibility with Flecken as your uh, one side along, uh, the, the goalkeeper you pick alongside Funk, or would you prefer Gikovic? So good to hear you clear that up. And I do agree with you, actually. I, I, you know, as much as I'm a big Mark Flecken fan, and I'm glad that he's uh, enjoying a good season with Freiburg, I do agree that that flexibility with Gikovic uh, is just so important. Okay, we will leave it there for part one, uh, ending on a goalkeeper discussion. Uh, plenty more player picks to come in part two. So join us then when we go through the Match Day 8 fixture list. Welcome back to part two of Talking Fußball Fantasy. Time to look at the Match Day 8 fixture, starting with that Friday night game. Uh, we're not used to actually having one of these after an international break, but because uh, there was enough time frame, uh, they have squeezed one in on the Friday, and it's Hoffenheim against Köln. Big stat from this game is that Andre Kramrich, despite the fact that he's only scored one goal, has actually uh, had 28 shots on goal, only bettered by Robert Lewandowski of Bayern. I think the big question is how long will Köln's form hold their high-flying form under Stefan Baumgart has been very impressive uh, can they keep that momentum going flow but I will start with a, a question from a listener here because they are the home side and Ahoy Fella FC is asking is this the right time to invest in Hoffenheim well for this match day yes I'm I'm personally thinking about picking uh, Kramaric um, as my third striker but they, they, they they're traveling to Munich next week so I don't want to load up on Hoffenheim and I'm like I'm not sure because uh, Cologne is looking good and and actually I was I was doing a bit scouting uh, I, I went to a, a Cologne practice session on, on Monday uh, with my kids and, and watched uh, how it went and it was actually quite impressive so uh, Baumgart is he's very loud <laughs> and uh I mean, if I had recorded that, we had to beep a lot of the stuff that he's saying <laughs> in, in practice. But like one thing that that's de that, that definitely stuck with me is um, before they were warming up, Sichos had a shot on goal from like 25 yards out. And it seems like that's not allowed. <laughs> and he had to, he had to do 50 push-ups. And like the coaching stuff was making a circle around of, of Tsichos and they were like <laughs> counting the push-ups loudly, but in a like in a friendly way, okay. in, a, in a in a in a bemused way. <laughs> so it was like he, he had to do the push-ups, but it was like not uh, like you would expect in a military stuff or so. Yeah. But oh, what on, was interesting, like he he was edging the players on. He uh, like there was so much tempo. In that practice session, that was really obvious. And um, I, I do that quite regularly uh, watching. And so I, I, I saw from all the the, the uh, coaches that were at Cologne in recent years, I, I, I saw a few practice sessions, but like the intensity of, of Baumgart is really what stood out. 
And actually, two players stood out who might get a start at Hoffenheim, and that's Sadi Özcan and Jan Thielmann. They, they, they both look great. In, in person uh, scouting in practice, here on so. Talking Fußball Fantasy, where else are you getting this type yeah. of content? <laughs> that's the long way of saying, I think that Cologne is for real. Uh, it, it will be tough to, to play against Cologne because of the intensity they play with. And they can play with that intensity because they also practice with that intensity. So that's my opinion after like watching them for 70 minutes, which isn't like, uh, yeah, it's not like a, a big foundation to, uh, to base your uh, opinion on. But it's definitely like I was impressed after watching that practice session. No, I mean, that is that is great to hear. That's the type of uh, things that I think our fantasy owners will want to hear because that's the thing. Köln have some wonderful players that can be enablers right now and they don't necessarily have the best fixtures coming up that's the problem and so that's the difficulty of investing in here because with Leverkusen Dortmund and then Union Berlin at home to come in their next three after this game against Hoffenheim it, you know Kainz, Modest, Schmitz while still being great enablers they lose their value a little bit I think do you agree with that Flo? Yeah I agree with that so it's still it's bad matchups for Cologne but my like my big point is it's not necessarily a great matchup for Hoffenheim. It's a perceived good matchup when you look, okay, they're starting at home against Cologne. It's a Friday evening game. I want to invest in Hoffenheim. But with the added fact that Hoffenheim is traveling to Munich next week, I'm, I'm not sure. Like one Hoffenheim player I'm fine with, especially like uh, yeah. Köln has a big loss with Elias Skiri, who's injured, who injured himself on international uh, duty. Very true. And is missing. So he's a key player of that squad. So the question is, um, is Cologne worse without him? So Sally Ashan will play there for, for Skiri, um, but he, he don't have that, that physical strength that, that Skiri has, and that could cause problems for Cologne. I think so. Um, I, I give here the small edge to Hoffenheim, yeah. but I would be wary of just saying uh, they, they like the Cologne party is over and it was the one like uh, it, it wasn't for real. They will come back to earth soon. Um, I, I think there's a lot of going on, uh, positive things going on in Cologne and we they will surprise um, going forward. No, that, that, I would agree with you. It does, it does feel like there's something special going on at that club. And that's the problem with this game is that both of these teams have investable players for this Friday night, but they both feel like one and done picks almost, um, even if you do have a few uh, Kölner enablers in there. OK, let's move on to the Saturday afternoon fixtures. We'll start with Frankfurt against Hertha. Now, Kostic, he has climbed the power rankings in the Bundesliga fantasy world with two goals and three assists in Frankfurt's last four league games. And they're coming up against the Hertha side now uh, that really aren't in great form. The last time they suffered five defeats after seven matches was in 2009-10 when they were relegated. On top of that, they've conceded eight goals from set pieces and they're coming up against a Frankfurt team that, let's be honest, they thrive from dead ball situations. And Frankfurt's fixtures flow uh, after this Hertha game. They've got Bochum and away from home sandwiched with a home game against Leipzig and that's why they're an interesting prospect for these next four matches but who's your player pick from this game? has to be Philip Kostic I, I, I think like Kostic and Nkunku right now for me are the blue chips in midfield and yeah. both will be in my squad anyone you want to throw in outside of Kostic because I do yeah. think he's going to be on the top of a lot of shopping lists yeah we talked about Durham. 
Um, I think he's he's really viable. Lens is out, which is a shame. Yes. Because yeah. he would be another guy you could look at. Uh, if you want to save some money up front, I don't hate going with Sam Lamas. Um, he's 7.3 million. That's definitely too cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, like he's he strikes me like the kind of Vejos striker I don't usually pick because they really have to score to give you something. Agreed. Although the the sample size of Lamas is not big enough for me to judge him, definitely. But I, I personally I don't think that I will have the need to go down to Lamas. I like I'd rather have Kramaric, for instance, or Embolo. Mm. than Lamas but I, I think it's a viable idea to to go to Lamas I mean that's it I have I've had him in the back of my mind but I'm kind of with you where I feel like I need to see more from him before I commit to to you know going for him even if he is a nice cheap option up front so yeah no I'm with you there uh, let's move on to the next game Union against Wolfsburg then another striker here when the question is maybe should we be taking Tyro Awanyi a little bit more seriously? Um, and then a fun statistic, and it's not fantasy related, but it's a nice one anyway. Maximilian Arnold is set to equal Diego Benaglio's club record of 259 Bundesliga appearances for Wolfsburg. Uh, so a nice moment for him on the weekend. In terms of a player pick flow, who are you going for from this game? Yeah, I'm go I still think Gieselmann is, is a good pick um, because of his price tag. And uh, I think actually... Was it the zone or sky? Someone had like uh, a tactical story on Union Berlin where they highlighted the way that Gieselmann arrives in the box late and how it is like planned for him to get into this these situations. So uh, like exactly what what we uh, also saw that is like that he has so many shots on goal as a left back is no coincidence. Going again, Wolfsburg. I like. I'd, I'd rather not have any player out of this fixture because I think this will be a doozy. Whatever you want to make of that word, <laughs> we had the semantics last time. <laughs> this time, I wanted to mean that uh, I think there will be not a lot of shots on goal uh, in this fixture. Yeah, um, yeah, even even if Wolfsburg. I mean, there's like Wolfsburg is without Lacroix. Because he, uh, he he's suspended. Bonau, I think, has an injury. I'm not sure that he's able to play. And then they might be a bit thin and you can think, okay, maybe Union can edge this one out. So I, I can't imagine myself going with Gieselmann. I, I, I don't think it's like... I don't see a viable Wolfsburg player to go with. And Babu would be, but he like he is also questionable for that match. And as long as I don't get any confirmation from from Bommel that then Mbappé is is good to go, I I can't see myself going there, and I'm not sure who else would pique my interest. If up front is Vechos, and then you got three guys who you can't really predict who's in the starting lineup, and 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 that's just I don't want to have these headaches in a matchup that I don't rate highly. If they were yeah. playing. At home against Fürth, maybe I would try to play the guessing game who's in the starting lineup because that could pay off big. And now I could guess right and still get no fantasy returns. And so why do it at all? I won't. 
Yeah, no, I, you know, I agree with you fully on this one because it's also, it's not an attractive fixture this weekend, but you look at Wolfsburg's next three before the next international break. They've got Freiburg at home, Leverkusen away, Augsburg at home. Not the most attractive set of fixtures. Union, meanwhile, they're away to Stuttgart uh, on match day nine, then at home to Bayern, then away to Köln on match day 11. And so neither of these two teams are really teams I'm looking at and going, I'd like to invest in them over the next four match days. And with this fixture, why invest in them? Yeah. Agreed. So that's kind of, and then Gieselman is perhaps the Gieselman only... might be the exception because he's so cheap. Exactly, yes. exactly. Well, I was going to say, first against Bochum is our, our next game. I almost feel like the question here is, is Marius Funk the only play from this fixture flow? No, I, I would say that. I, I think you can make an argument for Gamboa. Like, like I said before, Bochum's right back. But also, like, if you need a value midfielder, I think Timothy Tillman for 2.5 million for third might be like at least an interesting option. And he's playing on a Saturday afternoon, so if he's not performing, yeah, you swap him out. No harm, no foul. But like at least he has the potential to have a pretty good game if like third this is this isn't dual on eye level, because Bochum are starting like pretty decent, I think, like with the injury to Zola, that's really hurting them. And I like I, I think Furt has a chance to get their first home win in the Bundesliga at all in the twenty ones try. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I completely forgot about that fact, but you're spot on. Um, yeah, I, I, it's one of those games, it's an interesting one. You're never going to really suggest investing heavily in either of these two teams, even if it's a good fixture this weekend. But I think that there will be an interesting eye uh, on it to see if anyone can maybe put their head above the parapet a little bit. So Yeah, especially because, uh, yeah. uh, sorry, James, for interrupting you, but, but Fürth is traveling to Leipzig That's next it. week and Bochum is hosting Frankfurt. Who are picking up steam, so... You, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> if, yeah. If if one of these teams were playing like at home against Augsburg next week, yeah. I would think, yeah, maybe you can pick them now and have a second good matchup, but that's not that's just not the case. Yeah, no, I, I do agree. So let's talk about two teams that are maybe a little bit more investable. Uh, we've got two more games to go from the Saturday afternoon fixtures, starting with Freiburg against Leipzig. Now, Leipzig are winless in six away from home in the Bundesliga and have suffered more defeats at Freiburg than at any other Bundesliga stomping ground. But of course, as Flo mentioned, this is a new stomping ground uh, for Freiburg and for Leipzig. Meanwhile, I mean, we could talk, I think, endlessly about Christopher Nkunku uh, on, this, on this show. And let's be honest, he's had his fair few mentions over the first seven episodes of this season he did pick up a bit of an ankle knock in training and apparently had a bit of a tantrum as well but Jesse Marsh has said everything's okay um, so in terms of a player pick flow yeah I don't believe that there was an ankle knock <laughs> you just think it James. was a tantrum <laughs> I can believe that yes. too I can 100% believe that too because the story with the ankle knock is a story that Jesse Marsh told to like get some wind out of the sails of people who want to make a big deal out of that because like he was quitting the practice sessions um, and just went away, and like he was asked about that, and he said, "Yeah, he, he did pick up some like." Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's one of those wonderful yeah. PR lines. Well, he he, he will be good to go, but yeah, that was like yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't believe it. Whether it was part of the problem or not, the fact that he got overlooked for the France squad was absolutely outrageous. Um, eight goals in his last five games in all competitions. He has really established. We were asking ourselves the question flow at the start of the season and through many of the first episodes. 
where are we at with the Leipzig midfielders? Where are we at with Olmo, Nkunku, Schoberschlei, Forsberg is even in there as well. And he really has kind of set himself apart as the go-to man for this Leipzig side. So is he the player pick for Freiburg Leipzig? Yeah, Nkunku and Angelino. Yeah. Uh, I'll have both players. Uh, I, I wouldn't hate to have a, fri a Leipzig striker, but like... It could be Silva, could be Pauls, and so it's yeah. off limits for, for and, me. And I mean, how do you feel about Freiburg as well in this little four-game window? Because not the, not going there, no, right? They've got no. Leipzig, Wolfsburg, and Bayern. Yeah, I've I just I've got the feeling that Leipzig is picking up steam, and I don't want to bet against the grain there. So I'm I'm going with the Leipzig side. Could like I'm I wouldn't be shocked if Freiburg can surprise here, but like I said before, I think like the first game in the new stadium, that's making me a bit like if it were in the Schwarzwald Stadion, I, I think you can make could make a better argument with all like the the pitch is smaller, they they playing with an extra like uh, a loudness, what's what what's it called? They had uh They have it approved specifically from the DFL that they are allowed uh, to play with a pitch that's smaller than usual. They permission. Yeah, permission. Yeah, thanks, James. So good. <laughs> for helping me out that. But um, and that's not the case anymore. Um, it, it wasn't a level playing field, and that was literally because you had like well, I, I think almost two meters in height, height difference between the two goals. So. One side is playing a bit up, one side is playing a bit down in the old Schwarzwald Stadion. So I, I think all these things added up to Freiburg being not the easiest um, place to play. Like, no, like we said, uh, rainy Wednesday in Stoke. That's like we with the German version was Freiburg, but yes, I'm not sure it still is in the in the new ground. That's basically just like any other modern football arena which is nice for uh, the visitors and you can like um, and and the atmosphere will, will be great as well i think but like some of the special of the grounds is probably lost and maybe that's not a good thing for freiburg and 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 points wise um in the bundesliga yeah i agree yeah Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, they're all talking about it in a very positive sense, but it'll be interesting to see the reaction of the player. And let's be honest, an away game, uh, or sorry, a game against Leipzig yes. to start yeah. off is not the easiest one they could have been handed to kind of settle themselves into the new stadium. So no, I think this, this could be a very interesting game from a Leipzig perspective, and that's despite them Uh, having been a, a bit of a problematic side for us uh, so far this season. Uh, let's move on to the next game, Dortmund against Mainz. Uh, now, we've mentioned Guerrero is out. Um, the update on Haaland that came out of the press conference today was so incredibly vague, it wasn't even funny. I'm so annoyed with Mark <laughs> really, Rosa, I mean, it was basically, James. it was like, well, if he can start, he will. Otherwise, he'll be on the bench. But if we need to, we'll leave him out entirely like we did last time. Like, thank you, yeah, Marco. Thanks for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it really was one of those. Um, so it's a bit but, of a headache. But sorry, he, he looks like he's in shape. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen his Instagram well, post? I was in Mallorca. If only I'd been in Marbella, maybe I'd have bumped into yeah. him. But yeah, no. Uh, it, it, I, I just want to say you could have stand behind him. You wouldn't be shown <laughs> on the picture, James. 
<laughs> You'd be like, You're you very would be drunk. entirely very hidden behind that mountain of a man. <laughs> no, you are you are not wrong. Um, so yeah, I mean that's a, that's a big headache. I mean, meanwhile, Mainz they've conceded a joint league low five goals and kept a league leading four clean sheets so far in 2021-22. That's why I like Zentner. That's why I like Lukoki and the Mainz defenders after next week. But we've got a question from a listener, um, our good friend at Brinny Hoof. He says, uh, "Hi chaps, with Guerrero out and Haaland doubtful, can you identify any other Dortmund assets worth investing in, please?" Yeah, we already talked about. Nick- Schultz, he would be my defender option. You can make a case for uh, Julian Brandt in midfield, uh, who looked lively uh, last time out. 10.4 million is his price tag. I think it's a good price tag for Julian Brandt. And I mean, you can make an argument for not picking Haaland, but picking Royce instead. Uh, I think that's an argument that can be done because Haaland faced mine three times so far. Uh, do you know how many goals he scored against Mainz? I'm good. Well, the way you've teed it up, probably zero. Zero is the correct answer. Go. Do you know how many <laughs> shots on goal he had in these three goal, uh, three matches? Uh, let's go with nine. Two. Oh, wow. So in three games against Mainz, Haaland had a combined two shots on goal. Wow. So well, that was the, that was the Jeremiah Saint right? Because that was that was when Jeremiah Saint Juice set the record for the fastest player in Bundesliga history. That was last week, yeah. So they weren't playing, <laughs> yeah. But like, I, I don't think uh, you can read too much out of a stand like that. But it's at least interesting that that Mainz were able to stop Haaland three times already, and not just like they were cutting the support off for Haaland, and that that was why they were successful. It was not like. Like he was getting into situations but couldn't score. He wasn't getting into situations against Mainz. And Royce, on the other hand, he already scored uh, 13 times uh, against Mainz in the Bundesliga. That's just one club. He scored one goal more than against Mainz. Could you guess the, the, the club? Uh, would it probably be uh, Bielefeld? It's Bremen. So another oh, clock oh, was oh. Green. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, So we you... still, like, in the hats, we're still in the Bundesliga in stats like that. <laughs> I, you know what? C- cling on to that as, much, as, as long as you can, Flo. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, I so, mean, you didn't, you didn't mention Jude Bellingham. With, with all the uncertainty with Haaland, we're not sure if he's 100%. How, how many minutes will he get if he starts? True. Royce is a minds killer. So uh, I'm not sure I read too much into it, but... Um, I mean, Royce is in decent shape. I, I think he isn't a bad pick. Uh, you could go with Marlon for that matter sure. as well, but I, I probably prefer Royce just because of set piece duty, uh, duties and like free kicks around the the box, and he's pretty good at it. So uh, yeah, that's an added bonus if you got Royce, and probably if Haaland is out, he he might sh- uh, take the penalties as well. So. Because uh, yeah. Guerrero is out as well, who took it last time out. So, yeah, um, I think Royce is an interesting option. I'm, I hope we get some kind of news uh, leading up to kickoff on Friday evening, so we can decide what to do with Haaland. Because right now, I'm, 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 I'm lost. And right now, I'm, I'm begging for Erling Haaland to take to Twitter on Friday night at around about seven o'clock and go. Yes. Really sorry, guys, I'm not going to be playing against Mike. Yeah. And I'll be very happy at that. Do point. the and decent I'm, thing, Erling. <laughs> yeah, tell us, on, Erling. tell us if you can play or not. 
No, that's exactly it. I mean, it's one of those games I was I was looking, it would have been great if Giovanni Reina was coming back from injury, but that's not happening. I mean, Jude Bellingham is well rested. He's in 30% of squads. I'm just looking at the transfer market now. Um, and I think there is a viable play there, but... Yeah, if he's um, in 30% of the squads, I'm not interested that's in, the problem. In, in, in Jude Bellingham. That's the problem, because his, his points aren't going to be that mind-blowing that it's worth uh, dipping in there. So I think we've covered all the bases for Dortmund against Mainz. Let's move on to Gladbach against Stuttgart the other Borussia uh, we mentioned that Ben Zabayini is out and Gladbach have been playing in a back three and been better in a back three as well and the good news here is that they're coming up against a Stuttgart side or I say good news I mean we feel sorry for the players affected by this but from a fantasy perspective uh, potentially profitable situation because Stuttgart have been hit by a Covid outbreak Florian Muller their regular goalkeeper is definitely out there's a question as to whether Fabian Bredlow at 1.3 million or even 20 year old Florian Schock at 1 million might start in goal um, yeah Bridlow is also in quarantine right now well that's it but like, kicker, that's the issue kicker why have he him, can't kicker have him in their predicted lineup which is yeah, why I said there's a question yeah Stuttgart just said that Bradlow is vaccinated but they didn't say anything about the state the vaccination status of all the other players so Bradlow could if he tests positive uh, negative I think two times uh, from now until the kickoff he he would be able to end quarantine early, but I'm not sure that the other players will have that opportunity who are missing. So, yeah. like, that's all very vague. And um, then Florian Schock, he's just a third goalkeeper, so they yeah. don't have anyone else. Uh, they have to, to call up uh, a guy from the second team um, to fill in the ranks. Um if Bradlow isn't uh, like quarantine isn't ending yeah. with Bradlow, but it's probably a one and done situation. I would think so too. Yeah. Anyway. So, and with Funk being on the market, uh, I, 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 I don't think it's something we should yeah, take into consideration fantasy wise. Well, uh, only the fact that, let's be honest, Stuttgart are going to have not their first choice keeper in, which is great for Gladbach assets, right? That's what we're hoping. And this is it. We mentioned them as a differential team. But, yeah, but it will still be a professional goalkeeper. So well, it, it, it won't <laughs> be that they, like, going to the fans <laughs> and saying, like, lads, someone of yeah, you, will, we have gloves here. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Who, who you know, wants a goal? I mean, it's still a professional goalkeeper. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah. No, of course, of course. That's that's like that's moving the needle for me. Like hardly moving the needle for me. And Anton is out, but yep. like they have good options. And all other guys who are out with COVID weren't in the starting lineup last time Stuttgart played. So even Massimo True, yeah. was replaced by Kulibali. So it's not like they missing a lot of players out of their starting 11 yeah. except for Valdemar Anton but let's be honest they haven't been in the greatest form either yeah, and, this and is Florian it, I think, Müller of course yes, yeah, yeah yeah absolutely I mean they haven't been in the greatest form and I think a lot of people we mentioned the four standalone fixtures a lot of people will be looking to invest in this Gladbach side and so I've actually got a question from a listener at FBL Thinker and, and while I mention his question I'll, I'll mention this as well FBL thinker I mean uh, you've got Schick, uh, Schick Happens Time to Nort Bremser I saw them all feature on the Fantasy Football Scout Twitter page today and I just want to say it's, it's incredibly great to see other Bundesliga Fantasy content being produced out there and I know there's a lot of things uh, driving forces in it we've mentioned official DNL you've got the Fantasy BL stats page as well there's plenty of them but I mean thank you guys for creating the content and, and getting the word out there about Bundesliga Fantasy 
And I have to say, I, I agreed with a lot of your picks and a lot of the stuff that's been written. I've been reading articles very interestedly as well. So, uh, yeah, keep, keep it up because we don't want to be the only ones producing content out there. But a question from FBL Thinker Flo, he says, are Gladbach players essential or could leaving them out help to gain an, an advantage? From like I'm I'm going with Gladbach. I'm not sure how popular they will be anyway. And I, I think probably Stindl is probably the guy who is more popular um, if you compare him to Hofmann. And that's where I would give my uh, gain my leverage. I mean, Hofmann is in two percent of squads right now. That's what's shown. So it will go up probably after uh, unlimited transfers. But Stindl is in seven. So like you probably have Stindl two to three times as popular as Hofmann. And then, then go with Hofmann. I, I, I actually think that Hofmann is a better pick fantasy-wise. Stindl, like, he has these games where like, he's maybe more likely to score. But the shot involvement of, of Hofmann is much higher on average. And now he's 100%. Last time, like, he, last time he just got injured. Like, people, like, he, he would be, uh, he would have been a great pick. He was on the way to a great game and then he got himself injured against uh, Bielefeld and had to go off at half time. Um, so, yeah, but he was still a good pick. So, Hofmann is a way to, to gain leverage, to be differential. And I think the same goes true with Brill and Bolo. 10.3 million. I mean, he had a great game at Wolfsburg, but how many people will award one of the three valuable striker spots to Brill and Bolo if yeah, like push yeah. comes to shove? How, how how many will do that? The, the, the ballsy ones flow. Yeah, but so uh, of course, if you leave out Scully, that's definitely a way to be different. And then you could go with Nets because he would be he he's a Differential pick if you want the Gladbach midfielder. And I actually like Nets a bit more than Scully because, of course, Scully scored at Wolfsburg, but usually Nets is the one with more attacking prowess than, than Scully is. So uh, yeah, that's another way. So I would try to be different inside the Gladbach squad rather than just leave them out completely. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think it is too much of a risk for me to leave them out, um, you know, for the large part over the next four match days, even if it's just this weekend. But the standalone fixtures help massively. And again, the Stuttgart side haven't been in the greatest form themselves. And so for me, this is a very attractive fixture, especially when you consider the games we're about to talk about on Sunday, which aren't the most attractive for flexibility necessarily um, this weekend. So shall we move on? Because I think you answered that question perfectly. And we've mentioned so many uh, players from the Gladbach ranks that you could invest in. And we'll start and then uh, talk about Leverkusen against Bayern, the, the early fixture on Sunday. Uh, now, Florian Witz, he scored, assisted, or both in in all eight of his competitive club appearances this season. Uh, the question, I think, is, is whether this might be a rerun of last season. Uh, Leverkusen, they had the chance to go top of the table and stay there over Christmas. Uh, they were 1-0 up, and then two sloppy mistakes proved costly. And the fact is, Bayern's record in games featuring the team in first and second is incredible. They've actually uh, gone unbeaten in the last 15 Bundesliga fixtures, matching that description. 11 wins, four draws. So how do we feel... Uh, about this fixture flow? 
Yeah, I give the edge here to, to Bayern, uh, I have to say, because it's usually like after a loss, like you don't want to play Bayern after they lost a game. That's that's usually quite a rule of thumb. And you don't want to play Bayern if like the first place is on the line, uh, especially if you are the guy who could challenge them for that place, because that usually brings out the best in Bayern. So I like Leverkusen completely off the table for me. I, I like I, I wouldn't even think about it. So I would even I, floor inverts. Even, even floor inverts. Floor inverts is incredible form. Okay. Yeah. Even floor inverts, because I think it's, it's it's possible that that Leverkusen has like thirty five percent possession time and creates seven shots on goal. Uh, I think that's a possibility. And even like if we look back. The game that, that Frankfurt won at Munich, let, let's see how many shots Frankfurt got. I was going to say, um, it was among, like, yeah. that. Five, five shots on goal. It was a freak. It was a freak win, that so, one. <laughs> and Kevin Trapp had a freak performance so as well. Yeah. Bayern conceded 60 shots on goal. That's the least amount in the league by a pretty wide margin. Dortmund is actually in second place. I'm surprised to see that uh, with 69. So Dortmund 69 shots on goal, Bayern 60. Now, if we look at other clubs, like they they all like Leipzig, pretty good defense uh, plays in that regard with 71. So it's tough to get a lot of shot production against Bayern because you you won't have the ball for most of the time in that game, and you're probably trying to play a lot of vertically which leads to many mistakes and not a lot of situations where you, you might be able to, to get a shot on goal. So, um, yeah, that's the reason I'm not, I'm not thinking about Leverkusen this week. Um, and it's depending on how Cologne looks on Friday and how Leverkusen looks on Sunday um, if I want to invest in them for next week when they play at Cologne. Um, I, I think that's a decision. I'm like, I'm not thinking about that right now. I can see both teams on this weekend and then make a decision. After that, it's a home game against Wolfsburg and then they're traveling to Hertha. So I think both, like the next three fixtures, if Leverkusen still looks pretty good, uh, I, I I think you can buy into Leverkusen next week. But um, yeah pending decision on that one yeah no I mean yeah I do, I do agree with you on this fixture it is it is a tricky one but I mean yeah Leverkusen their, their form against Bayern you know they've had the odd upset here or there but there have been some pretty convincing wins in there for Bayern uh, as well so I think it's an important game for flexibility um, but it's clearly not one that a lot of people will be investing in as much as normal when it comes to a buying game. Um, and the problem is they're the penultimate fixture flow. You kind of need them for flexibility and it, you have to take into account the fact that the final fixture here this weekend is Augsburg against Bielefeld. That's the one we need to talk about now because uh, these two are the Bundesliga's lowest scorers at this stage of the season. Uh, and if we're honest, this is not an investable match where you're like, oh, you know what? I'll have a couple players in my po back pocket in case everything goes wrong this weekend where with the final fixture, I can maybe have this big upswing. Um, and I'd love to say that there is some differential potential in here, but I just, I don't really see it either. Um, and so... You almost have to treat the Bayern Leverkusen or Leverkusen Bayern game as the final fixture of this weekend, right? Yeah, probably so. Uh, just like, like for Augsburg, 
Han or Vargas. Han is eight million. Vargas is nine million. <laughs> Viable. <laughs> But uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm not sure I can, maybe I can, I swap out kinds and go with one of the Augsburg guys. I I could see myself doing that because next week Augsburg is playing on a Friday evening at Mainz. So at least if you invest in Augsburg, maybe you hold on to uh, your your player um, for one more week. Andy Zikiri. Um, the, the strike up front, 5.1 million with Nida Lechner injured and uh, Finn Bogerson injured. Yeah, but what could I pull the trigger on the club that produced the least amount of shots on goal so far this season? I'm, I'm not sure I could do it. No, I mean, there, there, um, are, Vegas, so, there are Vegas choices, flow, and then there's just giving your I'm money I'm away. I'm pretty sure I can't do it. 59 shots <laughs> yeah, on goal so far from Augsburg. <laughs> oh, and Second worst is Hatta with 68. So it's a nine shot difference between the worst and the second worst. So no other gap. And, and Bielefeld are bottom five, right? Um, Bielefeld is 14th yeah. with 79. So 20 shots more produced than Augsburg. And that's Bielefeld. That's Bielefeld. Yeah, that's Bielefeld. <laughs> that's Bielefeld. But you know what we're seeing right now? I haven't checked after the last match day. Like, what we were talking about, now Bayern is pulling ahead of everyone else. Bayern has 128 mm. shots so far on goal. Second place is Leipzig with 113. And now hold on to your seat. Third place, Cologne, 108. Yeah, I know. <laughs> third place, kudos to my friend Stefan Baumgart. And, uh, yeah, that's it. One shot more on goal than Dortmund. They, they follow in fourth place with 107. And then it's Stuttgart. So Stuttgart and Cologne, these are the clubs from like the mid-table or um, if they have the right fixture, these clubs are producing shots. You want to get involved and get players from these clubs, Stuttgart and, and Cologne, but only in, in the right matchups, in, in, in my opinion. So you definitely could go with Cologne because... Like Hoffenheim has produced 83 shots so far this season. Cologne is sitting at 108. So uh, I, I don't think it's un unlikely that Cologne outs like the Cologne fantasy players outscore the Hoffenheim fantasy players. Oh no, absolutely um, not. I mean, absolutely so, not. Giving uh, I think it's, it's 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 almost a coin flip there. I mean, you're, you're talking about Kevin Vogt and Chris Richards up against Sebastian Anderson and Anton Modest with with Schmitz and Kainz and Co. Just whipping in the crosses. It's not, it's not going to be an easy game uh, either way, and that's why that I would have loved that game to be more investable because their next fixtures it just ruins it um, for both teams really. So. So, yeah, uh, a nice point to end on, a nice analytical point to end on. Shall we close the show on our player picks? And we will come to you first, as always, Flo, for your Vegas choice. I'm probably going with Sam Lamas uh, of Frankfurt. Because, yeah, I, like as a whole, I like Frankfurt. Yeah, I love it. And if you've got the pairing of a Kostic and you get a cross from Kostic and a goal from Lamas, you, you got that nice double dip you get with points for the assist and points for the goal. And I think like if you can think of a story like that on a day like that with uh, the set piece trouble of Hertha, you, 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 you can make a Frankfurt three-way with Kostic, Hinteregger and, and Lamas, for instance, and just bank on set piece galore. Uh, I think it's it's viable. So Lamas would be my 
biggest choice here because uh, he, he can he can totally disappoint I'm, yeah. <laughs> like I'm, i i don't have a final judgment on him as a player yeah. but um yeah he, he he's going to start uh he's a typical number nine and they playing hata and that's could and he and he's seven point three million so That's what's positive about him. Yeah, you know what? I was I was actually thinking along a similar lines, um, and and my Vegas choice was partly inspired by at FBL Thinker as well because he did throw this out as a player pick on that fantasy football scout thread I mentioned. But Martin Hinteregger, um, I like him as a Vegas choice for this match day. Frankfurt have a good fixture, good chances of you know keeping a clean sheet. But it's that uh, weakness that Hertha have of conceding from set pieces that that's where a man like Martin uh, Hinteregger really thrive so I, I like his odds of having a big bit of a, a you know one and done blowout fixture big upside this weekend so he's my Vegas choice um, Super Schnäppchen flow. who are you thinking? I, I was thinking about Timothy Tillman for 2.5 million but I, I then saw um, that's, that's like too nerdy uh, even for me <laughs> uh, so I, I think Luca Nets I really like him for 5 million because like I think Most people are automatically clicking Scully in their team and then like, okay, I'm done yeah. with Gladbach defense. Let's move on. I think Nets is 60, 40, 65, 35 favorite to outscore Scully. Yeah. In, in my opinion, with Ben Zabaini out of the picture. Yeah. And just 5 million. So uh, he, he, he def he's definitely interesting for, for me. Uh, yeah, no, I think, yeah, we talked about their merits. I think you can't really go wrong with either of them. You know what? I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. I don't think a double up is a terrible idea, genuinely, especially this weekend. Um, so, yeah, maybe something to consider. I, I was thinking about being cheeky with my super schnapshot and throwing Braille Embolo's name out there for 10.3 million, but I think he's a little bit pricey. So if we've already taken Scally uh, and Nets off the table, I think it's worth just throwing out a one and done situation of Nico Schultz. Now, I'm not suggesting he's a long term viable asset but I do think uh, home game against Mainz uh, with a potential let's say potential uh, of uh, attacking returns from him it's not a guarantee like it is with Guerrero but he does get into the odd position once or twice a game Nico Schultz where he could do some damage and the fact is he doesn't cost you too much just 5.8 million so you don't have to break the bank um, and it's a way into that Dortmund back line how about your banker flow so Yeah, I feel like my, my boring picks yeah, you turning to? would be in Kunku and Kostic. Yeah. Both. Uh, but like they're so obvious and already told you that they will be in my squad. That I'm going with Angelino. I've got a pretty good feeling of him being his old self and being a difference maker in the fantasy game again. Uh, yeah, you know what? I actually, I really like that pick. And you're right, Kostic and Kunku, I agree with you. They're, they're the straightforward choices. I'm going to throw for his Friday night fixture, because I love a Friday night fixture, Andre Kramrich out there. I think he's worthy and viable um, as a as a one and done this weekend on that Friday night game. A chance to hit that star man big on Friday night. Um, so well worth considering, because he has shown that even if he doesn't score a goal, he can still provide returns. So yeah, there you have it. Our player picks for this week. Uh, a bit of an impromptu episode because I've just come back from Mallorca. I'm actually still in Munich, so I hope the audio quality held up throughout this because I'm recording from my in-laws. Um, but that will bring us to an episode of this week's episode of Talking Fußball Fantasy. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, feel free to get in touch on social media if you haven't yet. Join the Talking Fußball Fantasy League for now. From me, your host, James Thorogood Flo, and the rest of the Talking Fußball crew. Auf Wiederhören. Auf Wiederhören. <laughs>